Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for the next hour solo, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. Lots ahead in this hour. We'll talk some basketball, get you set for the night in DFS. Coming up in the final segment, Tim Heaney from Rotowire will join me in the next segment to talk baseball. And, of course, you can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com, as I have a look at JT Real Muto going to the Phillies, breaking it down. Obviously, we know that the home road splits are pretty stark as the Phillies acquire JT Real Muto, Sixtus Sanchez, Will Stewart, Jorge Alfaro going the other way to the Marlins. And obviously, Real Muto, one of the top catchers in fantasy baseball. Gary Sanchez has been number one on fan tracks as far as catchers. Real Muto going number two. I think that'll switch. You're going to see Real Muto pushed up the draft board, probably going as high as the fourth, fifth round as he goes to a better lineup, a better ballpark, one of the best parks for right-handed power. Uh, it's a good lineup. Uh, we'll get better if they add Machado or Harper, but not willing to overpay for Real Muto uh, unless he is in like the 70s. I could see potentially adding him in two catcher leagues because his stats have got to go up. 21 home runs last year at 125 games. So uh, I think he could top 25 home runs. So you can get the full breakdown of what it means for all those players involved as part of our draft kit on ScoutFantasySports.com. Now enter the promo code BATS50 for 50% off your first two months. We have in-depth team outlooks from Sean Child. He has run through the American League. Uh, you can get a free sample with the Orioles and the Red Sox. He has completed the NL East and is now in the NL Central. His latest look is at the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Dr. Otto has a breakdown by different rounds of the FSTA Fantasy Baseball draft that he has finished as uh, they round 29. The draft is still not over. A few more picks to go, but he has wrapped his up, so he breaks it down. Uh, all part of our Fantasy Baseball draft kit where I take a look at free agents landing on new teams and what it means for their fantasy value. So, again, you can check all that out now. ScoutDFS.com, we got you covered. NBA, NHL, PGA, Optimizers, and Slack Chat leading up to Lineup Lock to help you through. And VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. Want to give a shout-out, say hello to Caitlin, Truck's daughter, listening right now, 9-year-old has the flu, so we hope you feel better, and hopefully we're entertaining. And yes, we do know your dad, unfortunately. Uh, let's take a look at some of the top news going on right now, in case you're just joining us and you missed it. Big news today for Indian shortstop Francisco Lindor. He has a strained calf, which he suffered recently working out, and he's expected to miss seven to nine weeks. Now, that would put him very close to opening day, the potential that he misses opening day, doesn't play all spring, and the big problem is that he is very reliant on the stolen base. That's why he is going pick three overall in a lot of drafts, and I put out a poll 
a little while ago saying, will you still draft Francisco Lindor in the first round? And so far, 44% say yes, 56% say no. So I can understand that because when you are investing in a first-round pick, you don't want any concerns. You don't want any worries. Now, you could look at it on the opposite and say, well, he's going to be a value. But what if he has a setback? What if he doesn't run as often for a couple of months because he's still nursing that calf? What's his conditioning going to be like? So you have to make that judgment of where you take him. And uh, I started a draft yesterday. I'll get into it in a little bit. And I had pick 11. Obviously, Lindor went way earlier because that was yesterday before this news. But very interested to see where Lindor Lindor starts to go because some people might look at it and say, hey, this is a bargain. And others are going to say, it's a first-round pick. I don't want to go into this season with any problems. And what if he misses a week, two weeks? Doesn't sound like a lot, but I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is, how does this affect him on the base pass? So... We know we're going to be hit with a lot of injuries throughout the year. We're going to be having problems. So you have to decide, do you want to go in to opening day with a player that's already someone that is hurt and dealing with an issue? And a lot of people don't want to because we, we're going to have enough injuries to deal with throughout the season. Uh, a lot of people don't want to invest a first-round pick on someone that is already dealing with a calf injury. So... For me right now, I'll push them to the end of the first round. But it's one thing to say that it's one thing to be on the clock and see what you do. So I, I definitely think there is some concern. And in the past, I wouldn't really worry about injuries too much. Uh, you can certainly get bargains. But this is a player that we're spending a high pick in that you have to spend quite a bit on an auction. And I like shortstop this year. I think the position is deep. Uh, it would not make me make a decision on the first round. And the past shortstop has been shallow. Not this year. I really think that there is some depth at the position. So that's the big news today in baseball with Lindor. So uh, looking forward to see, especially we got labor on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to see where he goes. It sounded like Steve Gardner might take him at 10. Uh, We spoke with Steve from USA Today in the first hour. So you never know. This is a, a soft tissue injury here for Lindor. And, you know, it, it could be a problem throughout the year. So real risky and uh, interested to see where he goes in upcoming drafts because he's clearly going to fall now to the end of the first round, at least, and possibly the second. And that's where you got to kind of make that decision. Do you take the risk or pass? Uh, for me, I'll start to consider him late in the first round. Some other news uh, in the NBA, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, that Anthony Davis is going to see fewer minutes. He's been playing about 37 minutes per game. And in some of the back-to-backs, he might sit. So this is not shocking. I mean, yesterday it came out after they didn't trade him. They said that they would play him the rest of the year. But it's really a difficult decision for them because, yeah, Davis wants to be on the court. But from the Pelicans' perspective, what sense does it make to put him out there? They cannot risk injury because they need him healthy to have a shot to trade him in the offseason. So a real tough spot, and we spoke about it yesterday with Frank Stample. He's an Anthony Davis owner in the league we play together, and he's looking to move him, and I can't blame him because when you get into the head-to-head playoffs and say it's a four-game week, 
and they have a back-to-back, okay, he might sit one. All right, he's maybe only going to play 32 minutes. Uh, what if it's a blowout? Okay, they're going to take him out. We know when he's on the court, he's dominant. And he'll return tonight. And he's going to be expensive. Uh, now, will he come out and ball? You know, who knows? Or will they curtail his minutes? So I think we kind of knew this was going to happen if he didn't get traded. So real tough spot now for Anthony Davis owners. And many people took him number one in the draft this year. It was pretty much the consensus, number one overall pick in drafts this year. And now you're looking at a guy that really is going to give you uh, some issues down the stretch where you're, just gonna, you're not going to know how many minutes he's going to play and uh, a good chance that he sits on many of the back-to-back. So definitely a tough spot though, there for his owners. want to take a look at a draft that I just started yesterday. It is on Fantrax. It is a uh, best ball format. So it's 15 teams, 50 rounds, and uh, it's a draft in whole league. I shouldn't call it best ball because best ball is really more for football where you don't have to do anything. In these draft and hold formats or draft champions, you don't make any waiver wire moves. You don't make any trades. But what you do is you do set your lineup each week. So to me, this is like the best preparation for your real drafts because you really have to dig deep into the player pool. So this is a good way to start your research if you haven't already. And you could do your research as time goes on. Now, the average pick varies in terms of uh, the clock. Uh, in this case, it's a two-hour clock, and it might be too short for some. Others, it's a problem. I see people complaining already. It's a two-hour clock. And, yes, there have been a couple of people where the time has run out. But you got to kind of know that going in, know the rules, and figure out, okay, hey, is this something for you or auto-pick or pre-pick or whatever you can do. And I won't complain. I mean, we have time to get it done. It's a two-hour clock. They shut it off, I believe, between midnight Eastern and 9 a.m. Eastern. So, uh, it started yesterday, and uh, we are close to the end of round three. Uh, that pace might not be good enough for people, but uh, I had pick 11 in this draft, and I was hoping that maybe someone would fall to me, and no one did. Pretty much all the guys that I wanted went. So at 11, I had to make a tough decision, uh, and eventually I went with Manny Machado, and I know there's definitely some risk there because we don't know where he's going to play. Obviously, I would prefer if he went to Philadelphia uh, for that ballpark, as we mentioned before, with JT Real Muto and the right-handed power. That would be a good fit. But just kind of looking at how the team is built right now in Philly, I mean, they could use an outfielder more. Bryce Harper would be a better fit. They could use another left-handed bat as well. So, uh, you know, if Machado winds up with the White Sox, obviously not the best spot. But uh, Machado was tremendous last year, even got back to stealing bases. So... Uh, I think wherever he goes, he should be good. Obviously, I don't. I'd rather not see him go to the White Sox. Uh, shortstop, as I mentioned, is a position that is deep. But Machado had a great year last year, 25-26 year, and I think he's going to help across the board. And you know, he could get me 10 to 15 stolen bases as well. We didn't see him run much a couple of years ago, but he was back to running last year with 14 steals. You know, look at the numbers he's put up. It's four straight years of at least 30 home runs. Finally got over 100 RBIs last year and is going to give you a good average career 282 hitter. He's hit at least 294 two of the last three years. So uh, I expect good numbers from him. Could have went Bryce Harper, uh, did not. Uh, another, you know, Bryce Harper just has not returned that first round value just one time. So I still do have some question marks. I'd much rather take him in round two 
uh, and I have done that already in a couple drafts, but really no surprises early on. It was Trout, Betts, Jose Ramirez, Lindor, Scherzer went by, and that's probably going to be the big question this year is where do you take Max Scherzer? And I see the case for taking him that early. It's not something I will do. J.D. Martinez goes six. We usually don't see that. People are so concentrated on getting stolen bases this year that it's kind of pushed J.D. Martinez down the board. I've seen him go 10th, 11th overall, and I have no problem with that. Ideally, I would like to get some stolen bases in the first round, but J.D. Martinez is such a force in those four categories that, you know, you find a way to get stolen bases elsewhere, and getting that the, the huge advantage in home runs, RBIs, and I had J.D. Martinez in a couple leagues last year. It was just phenomenal. Nolan Arenado went uh, seven. That's something you usually don't see either. Again, he's another guy that goes down a little bit further because of the thirst for stolen bases. Uh, Arenado, another guy that's a four-category stud, just doesn't steal bases. But you know you're getting consistency in four categories, at least 38 home runs, at least 37 home runs, four straight years, at least 110 RBIs, four straight years, at least 100 runs, three straight years, and uh, high floor for batting average. I mean, 291 career here, the last four years, 287, 294, 309, 297, and you have the course field factor, although there has been some rumors about him getting dealt, but uh, either way, it shouldn't affect him much. Then you saw Christian Yelich go and Ronald Acuna, and that's kind of uh, about as late as I've seen him go, and I was hoping he would fall to me. I would have absolutely taken him. Uh, he goes nine in this draft, and maybe some people do have question marks about Acuna because he's so young, but he came up, and he was a stud. I mean, he's hit at every level uh, and gives you that speed, that pop, uh, so I believe in him. And we've seen more of the younger players come up and excel at a young age. He's only 21 years old, doesn't turn 22 until December. In 111 games, he had 26 homers, 78 runs, 64 RBIs, and 16 stolen bases, batted 293, and uh, draws walks, gets on base. Big question mark is where he's going to hit in the order at this point. You know, there's been talk about leadoff or cleanup. So obviously that could affect his numbers just a little bit. I think if you're taking him in the first round, you want to see him hit three or four because you want those RBIs to be up. But last year, you know, I didn't, I didn't really want Acuna in a lot of leagues. I thought he was going early, and then I said, you know what? I do want to get a piece of him if I can, and I was ready to take him. I think it was like the sixth round of a draft, and he went before I could take him. But uh, we saw a lot of buzz on him last year, and uh, it paid off. I mean, obviously he didn't play in as many games as he got injured, but when he was on the field, he was tremendous. Uh, so I went Machado then. We saw Bryce Harper go, Chris Sale, Alex Bregman, and Jacob DeGrom to close out the first round. And thought about DeGrom. Uh, had DeGrom in a couple leagues last year. I got him in the third round of most leagues last year. Obviously, the price tag has gone up. Uh, but I decided to go with a bat instead. Alex Bregman, you know, he's interesting, but he's coming off this elbow surgery. And I think that's the, the slight concern for Bregman right now. I think he's a guy you're going to want to see in the spring. It sounds like he'll be ready to go. But anytime a player is coming off some surgery... There's definitely a little bit of a – got to be concerned, especially when you're taking that player in the first round. But uh, if Bregman is completely healthy, you got to like him a lot this year. Had him in a league or two last year, was able to get him like on the 3-4 turn at the end of a draft last year. And he delivered in a big way, hitting 286, 31 homers, 130 ribbies, 105 runs, and 10 stolen bases. So, again, another guy that can help in five categories. And even if he doesn't run a lot, 10 stolen bases, you know, again, they add up. Uh, that's a key uh, – uh, a category where it can be very, very close. Uh, I saw Aaron Judge fall to the first pick of the second round. 
I like Judge where he's going this year. In fact, he even goes further than that. I mean, if he would have made it back to me, I absolutely would have taken him. Judge was a guy that went uh, in the middle of the first round last year. And I'm not sure kind of what's changed. I know he missed some time last year, but, uh, you know, I was worried about him last year going into the year. I thought, you know, maybe he takes a step back. And the injuries played a factor. He was limited to 112 games, but he still put up great numbers. Uh, the guy just hit the ball really hard. He draws walks. He gets on base. He's a, a beast in the OBP format. And, yes, he does strike out a lot, but he hits the ball so hard, and he hits so many line drives and fly balls that it doesn't matter. So Judge is a nice pick if you can get him, you know, fourth, fifth pick of the second round. And we kind of see that kind of often in this draft. He went first pick of the second round, then Jose Altuve. Giancarlo Stanton, Paul Goldschmidt, and then I went with Freddie Freeman. Freeman, I, I was disappointed in the power last year. I expected it to be better, especially in that ballpark. But the guy hits a ton of line drives, always gives you a high floor for batting average and RBI. So I still think there's a 35-homer season that he can get back to uh, because he's, he's got it. He's just got to increase the fly ball rate. He had 34 home runs two years ago, uh, dipped to 23 last year. So we'll like to see that power get back up. But... Across the board, he's pretty good. We're going to talk more baseball when we return. Tim Heaney, Rotowire, he joins me next here to Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com, getting you set for the fantasy baseball season as our draft kit is out with a ton of content already and a lot more to be included. Use the promo code BATS50, get 50% off your first two months. Joining me now to talk some more baseball, it is Tim Heaney from Rotowire. Tim, what's up? We have Tim. Hey, you got me now? Yeah, what's up, Tim? Yeah, not much, man. Uh, just uh, looking forward to the Tout Wars uh, drafts that were just released. We're, we're supposed to be in there at some point in, you know, in those drafts. So, uh, yeah, just uh, powering through fancy baseball work at Rotowire and on the fancy Black Book. What's new with you, man? Ah, same thing, man. Just uh, finish the grind of the football season, get ready for baseball, and uh, obviously uh, Tout Wars just around the corner for me. I'll be in the mixed league draft once again, and you won Tout Wars last year, didn't you? I got my squirrel finds a nut uh, entry in the history books, yes. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. Always good to get there for sure, and uh know you're a good player. We're also in the uh, GDD league together, and uh sat next right. to each other last year during the auction, and uh, we seemed to agree on a lot. We would look at each other with some of the picks that were made and, you know, like, really? That's how much they cost? But uh, that's a fun league, too, man. It's always good to do that auction in person. Yeah, you got some uh, got some stealth players in there, man. You know, Ian Conn, one of the great ones in there. Uh, a lot of other guys in the industry in there. So it's, you know, a nice little New York local league. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, looking forward to that as well. And 
Let's talk some uh, baseball here. And Francisco Lindor is the big story today as it looks like he's going to miss about seven to nine weeks with a calf injury. And he's a guy that has generally been going third or fourth overall. What do you do with Lindor if you're drafting today? Would you take him middle of the first round, late first round, early second round? How much does this downgrade him in your opinion? Yeah, I'm not really sure it downgrades him much because the timetable puts him, you know, opening day is is up in the air, but it doesn't stay too much longer than that. I mean, today, you know, it would be optimal if you could wait until mid to late March to see what his t- timetable is going to be because that's elite five category production right there as long as he starts the season on time. So if you really want to have some, uh, you know, caution with that, maybe middle first round is the highest you go, but he's still number four or five on my board. I'm not really – I'm not really sweating this that much. And I, I, would, I would be able to uh, direct him today at that point with confidence. Yeah, I think other people don't feel that way. I put out a poll a little while ago asking people if they would still select Lindor in the first round. And maybe it's just the immediacy of the news. But 58% people said they would not take him in the first round right now. In the first round at all, huh? That, that, yeah. That's perplexing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're worried about the calf and could it linger because we know his value is tied to the stolen base. I mean, you hope to get 25 like last year and, and stolen bases are down. So my, my guess is they're worried that this calf injury might linger and maybe he doesn't run as much. I guess that's the biggest concern right now. Yeah, I mean, even if he splits the difference to 20 or high teens, I still think he's a, you know, those, those shortstops that we got going now are great. I mean, you could argue... You can just wait for Corey Seager if you want, if you assume he'll steal double-digit bases, but that's not a safe assumption. So that's why Lindor does really stick out for me in that sense. I mean, I, I think Jose Ramirez is going third regardless in most games anyway. So Lindor at fourth, still, I think it's still a good bet for me right now. You know, ask me again in like a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes in the next few days in drafts. And I know the Labor Mixed League draft is on Tuesday. So want to see right. how far he falls. And we had Steve Gardner on in the first hour. He has picked 10. It sounded like without tipping his hand, that he might be interested in Lindor at 10. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, I started a draft yesterday, so I, I don't have, you know, that he wasn't hurt. And obviously he went early. So uh, I want to see drafts that start today and tomorrow to see where he goes. The other big news from yesterday, because we haven't had a lot of huge baseball news, unfortunately, is we're still waiting on Bryce Harper and Manny Machado to find teams, is the JT Real Muto stakes are finally over. He lands in Philadelphia, and I think it's pretty obvious. It's a huge upgrade. Would this make him more appealing to you? Would you take him in round four, round five in a two-catcher league, or is that still too expensive for you to spend a pick that early on a catcher? Uh, I almost think Gary Sanchez is going to be the better ROI if they're getting in the same round. Uh, trust me, I like this upgrade for the run RBI columns for, for Real Muto here. The park is obviously great. I'd love to see him steal more bases to separate himself from Sanchez, but I think Sanchez rebounds big this time. I do think, however, if you're in like a one catch, you actually might be more prone to take the chance because the replacement value is better. So I, I'm not one to usually, uh, you know, pay for the premium, pay the freight for a big catcher. I mean, because there's only two of them this year that you really should do that with. So I, I see the logic of it. It depends on the league setting. I might be maybe a points league. I could definitely see doing that. Um, but I'm not going to be just running to get him, even though the situation's really improved. Do you play in any points leagues? It seems like they're maybe more popular than the industry covers them. And I did for many years playing them. I didn't play in one last year. I do enjoy them. I prefer the Roto format. But do you play in any points leagues? And do you see that popularity increasing as well? 
I used to, but I haven't in a while because, you know, you know, Roto's basically the, the industry coverage standard. I think we're expanding past that more than we've had in, in previous years. I'd like to play another one. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled for something for myself. I don't know if you'll be interested in joining that, but we, we can make something work. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to enjoy playing them a lot. It used to be, you know, one of the leagues I play in, uh, and it was fun. You know, the Sunday nights, and uh, it's better to me than head-to-head categories. I, if I'm going to do head-to-head, I'd rather do a points league. I agree. It's uh, a little bit more in your control with that. Now, you sound like you're in on the Gary Sanchez bandwagon this year. Is it because the price has decreased? He was a guy that went sometimes on the turn at the end of the first round last year. Or is it because you think that batting average was a fluke or both? What, what is it about Gary Sanchez that you're buying in this year? Yeah, I don't know if it was a fluke because I do think the shoulder probably had something to do with it. The reports say it's been bothering him since 2017. He got it surgically repaired in November. You look at his metrics, the infield fly ball rate was through the roof. Uh, the bat, of course, they're going to knock the bat hit down to the atrocious level that it was at. I think if that helps him correct things, that's going to be a huge boon for, you know, getting better lift on things because his StatCast numbers were still pretty good. He was top 20 in a lot of the exit velocity-based categories on StatCast. So I just think that if Sanchez kind of slips through like the 70s in like a one-catcher, I'd be definitely all over that price. Talking to Tim Heaney from Rotowire and Clayton Kershaw is a guy that's fallen in drafts this year. Used to be a fixture in the first round, but injuries have played a part in his innings decline over the last couple of years. We saw him in the FSTA draft fall to the third pick of the third round. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kershaw for this year? Well, I mean, of course, you look at the strikeouts bump back up a little bit there because that was, that was kind of what's been part of his bread and butter. I mean, you know, reports from people that are a lot more knowledgeable about injuries than I am. You know, that back injury might be something to watch in the future, especially a guy with a drop-and-drive uh, delivery like he has. That's concerning. And, you know, those young guys, those young studs that are 10 years into their career, we've seen a lot of drop-offs, you know, like Hanley Ramirez and Felix Hernandez. you got to wonder if that, that workload's taking a toll on him a little bit here. But that being said, you know, if he falls to, like, below, like, the 10th starting pitcher taken, I'm actually kind of apt to take that chance because, that replacement value, as I keep mentioning before with the catchers, with, with, the, with the starting pitcher the way it is, that replacement value from 10 on is much more believable that you can find alternatives. So Kershaw, with, plus a more uh, logical replacement player than what you were drafting him as a first-rounder, now you're drafting him as like a fifth-rounder. I like that give-and-go with the ROI opportunity. So, Speaking of believing in, I think there's a lot of people that have a hard time believing that Javier Baez can repeat what he did last year. It was a tremendous year. Obviously, he went later in drafts, 34 homers, 21 steals, batted 290. We're seeing him go usually early second round. Uh, are you believing that Baez can come close to what he did last year, and do you like him early second round? Uh, yeah, I do. I could say that last year probably was his career year, but even with the comeback and batting average, which I think is going to happen because, of course, the – but what the strikeout rate is is not one that's that's key to keeping a batting average like 290. But even if he hits 270, because he hits the ball hard, another guy that's a stat-cast guy that you can believe in, he's still going to be a four-category you know monster. And very similar numbers to Francisco Lindor, to be honest with you. Um, maybe that's the case to be uh, you know cautious with Lindor's recovery. Baez is going to do a lot of the same things, and you know the stolen bases there, the multi-positional eligibility this year is going to be great. Uh, yeah, I think it's a definitely a great round one, round two turn type of guy. Maybe the, 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 the drop-off in a batting average league is less than OVP because he's still not great, uh, not optimal for OVP. 
for his ceiling, but batting average he can still do it because he does hit the ball hard still. So I'm, I'm a believer. I, I think there's a lot of last year that was real. Is Carlos Correa a value right now, typically in round four, or are we still kind of overpaying for the talent that really hasn't delivered yet? I didn't even let you finish my thing. I know. Um, (laughs) So that's the first guy I'm throwing out in the Gotham League. Carlos Correa, 25. There are so many high-level tour stops now, he kind of does get lost. Um, Not many stolen bases like Corey Seager. I think that kind of displays him a little bit among the group of those, like, top six or seven guys. But in an auction, you know, you and I aren't in the same Talworth League, thankfully, so you can't use this against me. But, uh, you know, a guy like that, that he might – get a few dollars discount because he doesn't feel many bases. But, you know, the back injury might be something to watch out for and uh, all that. But, you know, he, he was one, another one of those guys, increasing amount of people that got uh, corrective surgery for a deviated septum slash sleep apnea. So if he's getting better sleep, recovering better, I like the way that's going. He's still just 24 years old, man. Uh, it's insane how he's, he's got that feeling he's already teased, but then, you know, he's had these down years and we've forgotten about him a little bit. You know, it's funny you bring that up. A lot of times we don't know what players are enduring or going throughout the field. And a lot of times we find out after the I remember seeing things like like sleep apnea, divorces. And that's the thing is we look at things and we're like, what happened here? Oh, okay. And unfortunately, we find out after the year many times, though. Not every best of my life story or spring training story is is, is ignorable. Stuff like that, you find out as a cause for something last year. That stuff's the important things. But, yeah, it's – it's funny how we have to keep chasing all this stuff after the fact. We can't really read tea leaves on stuff like that. So it's definitely another challenge that you and I as fantasy analysts always face. Yeah, and I think we forget that these guys are, are human beings and do have things that happen off the field that could affect them. And, you know, we all have to go to work and get through it. But especially a, a game like that where they got to go every day out and play, uh, it can affect you mentally. And I think sometimes a lot of people forget that. And, you know, we had a young guy with a lot of success and faces some hardship. It, it can really get to a guy. So maybe just, you know, that, that roadblock is something he really needs to go to that next level. Josh Donaldson now goes to the Braves. And obviously last year, an injury plague season. It was just two years ago. He had 33 homers in 113 games. We're seeing Donaldson go sixth, seventh round. Is that a price you think's fair that you're in on? Or is he a guy that you're just not feeling because you're worried about the health? I'm somewhat in, uh, you know, third base is kind of a, a pile of things I won't mention on the radio uh, this year, you know, when you get to the middle rounds, especially, and people kind of want to elevate him to avoid that. I like the bounce back potential, but I think it's also the fact that he is still on, is in a national league team now, not as many games at DH. I'd be a lot more comfortable if he did sign with a team that he could DH with. Uh, you know, you saw how much the, he was impacted physically in the last couple of years with, you know, can't make those to the first base sometimes or just, Really can't stay healthy, so I worry about that a little bit with his age. If you're looking at that six-round run producer guy that could get like a 90 RBIs with this good Braves offense, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, it it has to be the right decision where I do kind of I avoid power categories and then find Donaldson later on type of situation. Talking to Tim Heaney from RotoWire last year, Herman Marquez had a six-second <laughs> half. And I think there's a lot of people that just look at him and say, it's Coors Field. Now, he showed he could pitch there. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's fallen in some – well, it depends on what draft. I've seen him sometimes go in the sixth. Uh, in the FST, he went in the eighth. Uh, are you buying Marquez at that price, or is Coors Field concern you? It depends on the league settings. And if you can, like – if you're, like, a weekly, and you have two starts and one's in Colorado, you're, those are actually going to be regretting drafting him. But 
you know, if it's a league where you can really play with Rudin when you use him, you're going to get elite numbers at home most of the time for him. I do believe in a lot what happened because he kind of changed his arm, uh, his arm slot release point a little bit with his breaking stuff, and that really helped him out. Um, it, it, like I said, I think it's, it, it does matter with league settings with Marquez because you don't want to be locked into those weeks of course field, and he happens to like face the Marlins too or something at Miami. So you want to have those that, that, that flexibility when you can use Marquez. Um, but you're not, it's not a price where you want to have that with somebody like that as a number two starter in a mix league. You don't want to have that, especially NL as your ACV, wait for him there. It's, you're kind of setting yourself up for a little bit of disappointment with that price. I'm sure uh, you believe Trout and Bet should go one, two. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Francisco Lindor was the guy that was going three. That probably will change now. But if you're picking number three, uh, who would you take right now? And do you even like that spot, picking third? I kind of like fourth or fifth more than third. <laughs> uh, some more decisions can be made for you in that sense, and you're going to still be, uh, you know, deciding on a lot of elite players. You know, in a points league, to go back to points leagues, I'll probably, I might say Scherzer third, you know, because he's the one that really kind of does set himself aside from a lot of the other starting pitchers there. And, of course, points leagues, you're going to have a starting pitcher matter a little bit more. You know, in a roto league, you know, I'd probably go with Jose Ramirez because of the five categories that I believe in. Uh, probably the only two I would really consider. I'll say that. Uh, we were talking about Vladimir Guerrero in the first hour, and I've seen him go as early as the second round. And the FSTA, he fell all the way to the end of the fourth round. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, we know he might not be up for a few weeks. We all expect him to be up in April, and we know the special talent that he is. Is he someone that you would consider drafting, and does it depend on price? And where's the earliest you would take him? On uh, a 15th teamer, I could see I could see going after him in the third round. I might not get him, but I think that the hit tool, of course, is incredible. I think the batting average might be his best, most bankable part of his game. I don't know if he's going to be a 30-homer guy consistently, but in, in a league where strikeouts are becoming more prevalent, you know, we're not seeing as many guys make contact, I think the batting average skill like that with 25 homer power, that's still very valuable. Um, just fantastic prospect, complete guy just about already 19 um, I, I think I don't, I don't think it stands out much this year, but in the long term, it's going to be a very secure profile to invest in. So I think if you have power complements to, to kind of be okay with him hitting 25, then you're fine. If you know, load up on 35, 40 homer guys early with steals, that's a great plan. But it, it, team construction affects me for this year, not for the long term. I'll say that. What worked for you in Tout Wars last year? What were some of the reasons why you won? Shorting, top end starting pitching. I overinvested in the position the year before. Uh, I think, you know, getting guys like Snell and Barrios and Michaelis with value was, was a good idea there. Uh, just, just really keeping pace with power and steals. Uh, I kind of punted OBP a little bit. You know, I, I think the rate stat in offense is easily puntable, but the rate stats in pitching are getting harder to punt because it's easy to get strikeouts now. It's not as easy to keep a great whip and a, key, and a great ERA. So that, that's where those are the couple of things I really focused on kind of heading into that draft. Yeah, and I think that is key, and now we're all looking for, okay, who are those cheap pitchers that we can get this year that deliver? Because obviously Blake Snell is going to go for a lot in auctions and second-round pick. So I think that's the key is we're all looking for those starters that can break out that come at a discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a school draft going on uh, for Arizona Fall League guys that were first performers at Baseball HQ. You know, I've been looking at guys like Luis Castillo, who's kind of a little bit undervalued there, Andrew Keeney, and i got to draft my fake cousin, of course, with these things. But, <laughs> you know, just guys like that that are middle rounds, you pile up those guys that can hit, you know, and maybe extreme regression like Jose Quintana or, or Chris Archer or a, uh, even, you know, dare say, a Dylan Bundy. That could really pay off if you get him at a value there. 
That is definitely true. That is Tim Heaney. You can find him at Rotowire. Tim, thanks a lot for the time, and I will see you next month. Great to have you here with you, Adam. Always a pleasure, buddy. Hope to talk to you soon. Definitely. We will talk soon. When we return, we will wrap up the show, taking a look at the night in NBA DFS. A good slate ahead. Once again, I'll break it down. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Break down the trade of JT Real Muto to the Phillies. You can see in-depth my thoughts and what you should do with the players involved in the deal in your upcoming draft. In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs and, of course, FSTA Fantasy Baseball draft review from Dr. Roto. You can also ask your questions on the message boards Informs anytime you want. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. ScoutDFS.com. We got you covered. NHL, PJ, and NBA, which is something you need to pay attention to last minute. And we got the Slack chat where you can ask questions as well as the optimizer. Just hit refresh as news breaks. And, of course, last night's slate, a lot of news uh, came out right before it. Kawhi Leonard was ruled out, so that made... Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, really good values. Abaka, too, although he didn't come through. The other guys were good. Van Fleet, career high, 30 points. Siakam, career high, 33. As they had a good matchup against Atlanta, a little shorthanded as well after the trades. Uh, some news for today. Jaleel Okafor, he has an ankle sprain. He is questionable for tonight's game. The Timberwolves point guard situation is worth monitoring. Derek Rose has already been ruled out. Jared Bayless got hurt last night. He's got a sore right big toe. He is listed as questionable. He left in the fourth quarter. Jeff Teague, he is questionable with a foot injury. He was also questionable yesterday. So uh, that's going to be something to pay attention to because if they're all out, Isaiah Kanan is going to be real busy tonight playing a ton of minutes. Now the game is 9.30 p.m. Eastern, so we might not get news for those that play on sites where the lineups lock around uh, tip-off at 7 p.m. Eastern, so you're going to have to pay attention to that. Uh, Tobias Harris, Boban Marganovic, and Mike Scott will all be able to play tonight for the Sixers. Jonathan Simmons, though, will not. Uh, He has been out since December with an uh, abdominal injury. Otto Porter will be available to play tonight for the Bulls. They take on the Nets. Uh, Luke Kennard is expected to start for the Pistons tonight against the Knicks as they traded away Reggie Bullock and Stanley Johnson, although... He hasn't really done much in his opportunities. Uh, Nikola Miritich not expected to play today versus the Mavericks for Milwaukee. Remember, he was just traded there, and he's been dealing with a calf injury. 
and Damian Dotson expected to start for the Knicks tonight. Joel Embiid has an illness. He is questionable for tonight's game. This usually happens, and he winds up playing, so it has been. Uh, it looks like Kevin Love could return tonight. He's a game-time decision against the Wizards. He's been making progress in his rehab. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. i seen on Yahoo, he's the minimum $10. So with no, if there's no minutes restriction, and even if he plays 25, uh, he's in play there. So uh, that's something I'll be paying attention to tonight. Let's take a look at the slate. Starting it off with the Knicks and Pistons. Knicks in Detroit, 7 p.m. Eastern. Vegas total an ugly 206. Pistons favored by 8.5. Really, the only Nick I'm looking at right now is Dennis Smith. He played 39 minutes against the Pistons on Wednesday and had a good game. Pistons really struggled against point guards. And Smith is 58 on DK, 66 on Fandle. So he's going to get a high usage. Really, no one else that I like on the Knicks. I know Dotson is starting. I mean, he's 36 on DK, 37 on Fandle. So he could be your Fandle punt because uh, he could play, you know, 25, 30 minutes. But it's the Knicks. I mean, what if he gets off to a slow start and they take him out the game? So that would be my concern. But the salary uh, certainly in play right now. Again, so much can change as the day goes on. Pistons have a great matchup. I think Andre Drummond's in play. Like the price better on DK at 8,600. He's 10 on FanDuel. Uh, Blake Griffin, you could take a look at. 89 on DK, 9 on FanDuel. Reggie Jackson, again, I mean, I used him recently in one game, and he didn't come through that game, but it is a great matchup. Uh, not a target for me, but he is in play. 56 on DK, much better price there. 68 on FanDuel. And uh, I know I mentioned Luke Kennard is starting, but he just hasn't been good when he's gotten the opportunity. Um, so, I mean, he is cheap on DK, at least at 35, but I don't think I'm going to have the need to go there uh, right now unless I really need extreme value. Just not, not really feeling him tonight, uh, even though the Knicks are like the perfect matchup if you're going to ever use him. Cleveland is at Washington. This game starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Vegas total is 220-and-a-half. And the Wizards are favored by 9.5. Or the Cavs, as I mentioned. Seti Osman is out. Kevin Love is questionable. Game time decision there. Cavs have not been playing well. Uh, I think Love's price on Fandle is 5. So if he is starting and doesn't have a minutes limit of like 15, I think you could use him in that spot. Like I said, 10 on Yahoo. I'm considering him as well. Uh, if he is in, it's going to hurt guys like Larry Nance and uh, Zizek. So I'd probably avoid those guys. Uh, Colin Sexton's 45 on DK5 on FanDuel. Uh, he is in play tonight because he should play a ton of minutes in a uh, pace-up matchup. So I think you could take a look at him. For the Wizards, uh, I think you're going to look at uh, Tomas Sadoransky. He's actually been better lately. He had a stretch where he played well, then he struggled, and he's been good, and it's a good matchup here. 57 on DK, 68 on Fandle. For me, more of a tournament play. I think Trevor Ariza, 57 on DK. I think you can take a look at him. Beal's always in play. Don't He's not bad tonight. 88 on DK, 94 on Fandle. Uh, I think there are a few other guys that I might spend up for, but certainly in play uh, tonight if you want to take a look at him in tournaments. Uh, Bobby Porter should be good to go. I want to see what his minutes are before I kind of use him and see if they start him. I think a game that a lot of people will attack tonight, uh, Denver Nuggets at Philadelphia, 7 p.m. Eastern. The Vegas total is 229. Sixers are favored by four for the Nuggets. Gary Harris is already out, and Paul Millsap is questionable. That's something 
that I'm definitely paying attention to because if he is out, we got to fire up Mason Plumley once again. Used him the other night. He had like 23 fantasy points in the first quarter, ran into some foul trouble, still finished with, I think, 38, 39, somewhere in that range. So he still came through, and he is 54 on DK, 58 on Fandle. So if Millsap is out, definitely will fire up uh, uh, Plumley once again. Nikola Jokic is always in play. I know he's had a couple down games recently, but he's 10-4 on DK, 11-2 on Fandle, someone that I play pretty consistently. Uh, Jamal Murray came back, missed a few, came back last game, played 32 minutes. Uh, not a great matchup for him. Uh, not really looking at him tonight. Uh, he could. He's not a bad price, though, 63 on Fandle, uh, DK, maybe in tournaments. And uh, Trey Lyles gets a boost if Millsap is out, too, because he plays more minutes behind Plumlee. Uh, he's 38 on DK, 45 on Fandle. So I will look at J uh, Lyles in uh, tournaments if Millsap is out tonight. For the Sixers, I mentioned Joel Embiid is questionable with an illness. At least that game is early, so we will know. And uh, Tobias Harris will make his debut tonight with this team. And obviously his fantasy value takes a big hit, He's a, and he's expensive too, so don't use him. Joel Embiid certainly in play tonight, 10-6 on DK, 11-9 on Fanduel. And I generally, he's kind of the only guy I use when they have everyone healthy. Uh, ben Simmons at times, he's 84 in DK, 93 on FanDuel. Uh, but this should be a, a pretty good and entertaining game tonight. So I think you could, you can always use any of the Sixers in tournaments. But uh, Embiid, my favorite play if he goes tonight. Obviously, if he's out, that upgrades Simmons and Butler for sure. The Bulls are at the Nets, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Vegas totals 224.5. Nets favored by eight and a half. Otto Porter is expected to play and make his Bulls debut. Uh, Zach Levine is probable dealing with an ankle injury. So I like this spot here for the Bulls. They recently played the Nets, and we saw a high-scoring game with a lot of production. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, like him, been using him quite a bit lately. 7,000 on DK, 81 on FanDuel. Uh, Zach Levine, if he does play, good spot for him. He's 69 on DK, 78 on FanDuel. Chris Dunn's played better lately, too, and this is a good spot for him. He's 65 on DK, 71 on FanDuel. Uh, and Otto Porter, I think in tournaments, uh, DK is 5,800, but I don't think I'm going to play him tonight. We'd like to see him with a game, but it is a good matchup here against the Nets. Nets, I've always said, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, I, don't, I haven't been using many Nets, though. The one guy I have been using a lot is D'Angelo Russell. He just seems to go low-owned in tournaments all the time, even with as well as he's played. I don't know if it's because of his salary, but Russell, you can sometimes get 6 to 10%, and he has the upside to give you 50 points, and this is a good spot. So you got to consider him tonight. He's 82 on DK, 88 on Fandle, and I guess that's why, but you know he's been productive. The Nets are getting healthy, though, now, so that's going to hurt a lot of people. Alan Crabb returned on Wednesday. Karis LeVert is going to return tonight. I uh, haven't seen if he has a minutes limit. But, you know, that hurts a lot of people. Uh, you know, Shabazz Napier has been playing a lot. His minutes are going to get cut down. Uh, DeMar Carroll's been good. Um, the, net, the matchup for the centers for the Nets are really good against the Bulls, um, who have been really bad, and Portis is gone, and Lopez. So Jared Allen, Ed Davis, if you want to look at them, um, they're, they're in play. Not a target for me, but I think you could uh, definitely consider them. But really, it's only Russell right now for the Nets when it comes to DFS for me. Uh, and again, I consistently get him low-owned in tournaments. And there have been times he has not produced, but I've had times where he's really helped me uh, finish uh, higher up in the tournaments. Uh, Milwaukee is at Dallas, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. 
Uh, Bucks are favored by seven and a half. Vegas total is two twenty-two and a half. Uh, Chris Middleton has been ruled out. They're going to rest him. Uh, doesn't look like Meritich is going to play either. Giannis is uh, looking. Uh, he was on the injury report with a knee. It Look, looks like he's going to play. I would expect him to play tonight. Uh, so with Middleton out, that gives a boost to uh, uh, pretty much Bledsoe. Bledsoe's been uh, really good. His usage rate spikes a little bit without Middleton, and uh, he's pretty cheap. I've been uh, using him. I used him last game. I think uh, the last time out on Yahoo, he was like 20-80-67 on DK-78 on Fandle. I like him. Malcolm Brogdon. He should benefit too. 56 on DK, 63 on Fandle, and of course Giannis always in play. He's 11-4 on DK, 12 on Fandle. For Dallas, uh, looks like Luka Doncic should play, and obviously he's playing a lot of point guard right now. Um, he is listed as questionable with a thigh injury, uh, but I expect him to play. Uh, his price has gone way up though, man. 95 on DK, 10 on Fandle, so more of a tournament play for me if he plays, but. It's expensive. I know he's been getting a lot of triple doubles lately, but uh, hard for me to to pay up that price. And uh, Milwaukee is pretty good. Although it should be a high paced game. Uh, Doncic is out. Obviously, there'll be some value to open up uh, for the Mavs. Uh, I think Tim Hardaway's in play. Took a lot of shots in his first game. I love the price on DK at forty nine hundred. And uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, if you want to save, he had a pretty good game last time out. Double double. He's thirty nine on DK, five on Fanduel. So. You know, especially on FanDuel, if he busts, uh, potentially could be your lowest score. Maxi Kleber, I would think so, uh, is in play. Not a target, but uh, certainly can consider him, especially at the price of 4-2 on DK. Golden State is at Phoenix tonight. Uh, 231 is the Vegas total, and the Warriors are favored by 15. Wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors rest someone here because this should be an easy game. They've won 9 of 10. They've been blowing people out. And, again, that's the problem with the Warriors. They're at full strength, and this should be a blowout. And I know we've had games this year where we predict blowout. It doesn't happen, but it's really difficult envisioning Phoenix trying to keep pace in this game. So uh, probably not going to play anyone. Uh, you know, Cousins, 67 on DK, but we're still looking at about a 25-minutes limit. And uh, maybe he sits a little bit more. So they're more tournament plays. They're probably going to be low-owned, but you know they might only play 25 to 28 minutes. T.J. Warren out for the Suns. The one we're looking out for is Devin Booker. He's listed as questionable. Tyler Johnson's going to make his debut for the Suns tonight as he comes over from the Miami Heat. Uh, so Tyler Johnson, I think, is in play. He's 47 on FanDuel, 43 on DK. Uh, Josh Jackson's been balling out. He's 5,900 on DK, 69 on FanDuel. So, uh, again, not the easiest matchup here, but uh, I think he's going to play major minutes. Even if it's a blowout, he should get 35 to 38 minutes. Uh, Bridges is someone that I've been using in tournaments. He's very inconsistent, so you got to keep that in mind. And Kelly Oubre obviously should uh, see a big role as well, especially if Booker is out. So that's a game you're going to have to pay attention to to see the news on Booker. Minnesota is at the Pelicans, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Vegas total 231. Pelicans favored by 6. For the T-Wolves, uh, still without Derrick Rose and Tyus Jones, as I mentioned, Teague and Bayless are listed as questionable. So, that's what we're kind of waiting for tonight is to see what happens at the point guard position. Obviously, uh, Bayless or Teague could be in play depending on if one is out. If they're both out, uh, you could see uh, Josh Okogie play a big role or Isaiah Kanan. Uh, he could get a big role tonight. So, 
You know, we might not have that news, though, before lineup lock. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is a guy that I hate playing. I played him last night on Yahoo, and he gave me 51. He's 6 on DK, 6 on Fandle, and it is a good matchup. Carl Anthony Towns always in play, 10 on DK, 11-2 on Fandle. So there are some pieces here uh, to look out for. Dariel Saric has been playing well. He's 37 on Fandle, still not playing major minutes coming off the bench, but, you know, there is a shot that, uh, you know, he could be your lowest uh, price guy on Fandle. Uh, potentially for the Pelicans, Anthony Davis is expected to return tonight. Okafor, I mentioned, is questionable. Etwan Moore is questionable. Alfred Payton is out. Uh, Anthony Davis, more of a tournament play. He's expensive. 13 on Fanduel, 11 2 on DK. Uh, people might shy away from him because of the minutes, but I think first game back that you know he could have this game and make a statement here. And it's a good matchup. And the Wolves played last night, so Davis is in play. And especially if a ton of value opens up. Uh, you can put him in your lineup, but more for tournaments. I'd probably stay away in cash. Plus, you always have the risk for him of going to the locker room, which we know happens very consistently. So he's really the guy I like uh, the most here on this team. Drew Holiday's price has gone skyrocketed up, and with Davis back, that hurts him a little bit. Miami is at Sacramento tonight, and that game has a Vegas total of 216.5. Kings are favored by three. Heat are healthy uh, for the most part. Um, I don't play a lot of heat. I mean, Hassan Whiteside, it's just the minutes are inconsistent, but he is capable of going off, and you'll get him at low ownership. So uh, it's a good matchup for him. Uh, he has played 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes in back-to-back games. So, again, tough to trust him, um, but he is 68 on DK, 8 on Fandle. So if you play a lot of lineups, I would have him in one or two. Really don't like much else here. Uh, Justice Wislow, not a bad spot. 55 on DK, 58 on Fandle, but just haven't been playing a lot of heat uh, just because uh, deep rotation there. For the Kings, uh, Marvin Bagley's been playing really well. The price has gone up, even though he doesn't start. He is uh, 62 on DK, 67 on Fandle, so he's just been really good. He's been averaging 30 minutes over his last four games. Remember, Harrison Barnes was acquired, so that will you know cloud, cloudy up the rotation a little bit. Uh, the Heat have been a tough team to go against. Not great matchups here. So uh, Bagley's probably the guy I like the most. Uh, Buddy Heald is 66 on DK, 65 on Fandle. Certainly he could be in consideration as well. But as always, you always have to pay attention to the last-minute news. We always get something surprising, especially as happened over the last two weeks. Again, last night it was Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard being ruled out. But we'll help you out. ScoutDFS.com, the optimizer, the Slack chat leading up to lineup block, and ScoutFantasySports.com. Promo code BATS50 gets you 50% off the two months. And I'll be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a good weekend.